0: What is up everybody, welcome to a Friday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am your host, John Harris, football analyst and silent reporter on game day eve, the first one of 2019, of the 2019 season, I should say, as your Texans get ready to host the Detroit Lions in preseason game number two. And it's been, it's been pretty cool kind of walking around the service level today, seeing all the the day before the game things, game day magazines being put in the locker room, being put up in the suites, everybody getting everything dialed up the field, getting all painted and all that kind of stuff. Just It's it's here. Really, really cool that it is here and really excited about seeing the Lions in game day action. Now, we got a chance to see them twice in practice and you, you know how I felt about it. It felt like Wednesday, Lions looked, looked not better than the Texans, but I thought they looked good they look better than the Packers, I'll tell you that. Yesterday, I felt like the Texans really got after them. I felt like the Texans were were clearly the better team and played better throughout the day in, in all phases, red zone situations. I mean, everything you're talking about that the Texans were on point. Now, like the Texans, the Lions have some guys banged up. Texans had some guys banged up too. But either way, I think Saturday night it's going to be a, a good test for – I don't know. I don't want to count the players in the roster, but maybe players 35 through 90 on the roster making more strides on Saturday night. I don't know exactly. I, I, I don't. A lot of times I have my finger on the pulse of. Okay, they'll be in pads today. Not not pads today. Okay, they'll be uh, they'll be inside. Of the, like I have a pulse on kind of what to expect. I don't really know what to expect as far as the starters go. And I shouldn't say starters. But the ones, J.J., Hop, Fuller, Watson, Lamar Miller, you know, guys that didn't play last week, what's the thought about them playing? And I thought it was interesting that Will Fuller spoke after practice and said, I feel good. I wouldn't mind getting a few reps in preseason to kind of test out game speed. But I just, I'm so hesitant now in preseason. And it really was a couple of years ago, it was last year's last year, we went out to L.A. And we played the Rams last year. And I just remember seeing before the game Jared Goff going through this long passing session with his guys. And I was like, man, I don't think he's going to play. He's doing a lot of throwing before the game. I don't think he's going to play. And there's Gurley. I don't think Gurley's going to play. And then the Rams didn't play hardly anybody. And then they played Dominick Sue because he was new and they wanted to get him on the field for a few reps, see what he could do. And that was it. And they didn't play anybody. And then that team went to the Super Bowl. So, eh, don't think that's part of the formula but it kept those guys healthy in the preseason and I think you've seen a lot of it throughout the league teams not not playing guys Jacksonville had 27 guys that didn't play last night against the Eagles including Nick Foles playing against his former team they had 27 guys now they've gone they've gone through kind of a rash of injuries so I get it but my gut doesn't I don't know I don't know what to expect whether we'll see guys like Matt Stafford for the Lions. Or we'll see Deshaun Watson, J.J. Watt, et cetera, for the Texans. I I don't know. But I do know preseason game in Energy Stadium, the first game of the year, the first opportunity to see this team up close, that's always good. That's always – actually, it's it's a great thing, to be honest with you. Now, we got a lot on the show. We have one-on-ones with John Weeks, with DeAndre Carter, with Peter Kalambayi. We've got all that. We have got an in-the-lab snippet with my in-the-lab partner, Drew Doherty, where we talk about Duke Johnson, a guy that we won't see on Saturday night against the Detroit Lions, but we will see in due time. And really excited. We talked about the value of adding Duke Johnson because at this time last week, it became official that Duke Johnson was a Texan. The trade was official and he became a member of the Texans and so we talked about that on our end of podcast so we'll have that for you as well we've also got Dylan Cole and you're going to hear from him in this segment but we're going to kick it off with the head coach, Bill O'Brien, who sat down with the voice of Texans, Mark Vandermeer.
1: Coach, last week we talked about road routine and getting used to that. What about getting used to the home routine? Because you stay in a hotel the night before the game. A lot of fans don't even know that. And you have to get used to NRG Stadium.
2: Absolutely. Definitely a different routine. You know, uh, started out on the road, like you said, in Green Bay. And now we we met this morning about, uh, you know, the home routine. So we, we, we meet and walk through in the morning. Then we have a break during the day. And then we meet back up at 6 o'clock at the hotel. And... Uh, have staff meetings and then obviously uh, special teams, O&D. We have uh, chapel, uh, a lot of different things going on at the hotel. And then uh, we'll meet again in the morning, let them sleep in a little bit, and then uh, meet in the morning. And then you're right, they have to get over here. A lot of the guys have never played in this stadium, you know, the, the rookies and the, some of the newer guys. So they, they've they got to get used to the indoor stadium, the lighting, the field, um so there's a lot of lot that goes into that routine, no doubt.
1: I know you want good habits to start early, and last week you had some turnover issues. Yeah. You want to clean that up, no matter who's in the game, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, in, in talking to the team this morning, you know, I think when you looked at last week's game, I mean, we moved the ball. I thought we played pretty good defense, but it was penalties and turnovers, you know, and we didn't get any takeaways, you know what I mean? So we we fumbled a punt, you know, we threw a couple interceptions, we fumbled. I mean, we had four turnovers and you're not going to win many games doing that. And I think if we take care of the ball, we got a chance to win a lot of games and and then the penalties, you know, the false starts, the neutral zone infractions, the penalties that we can control, you know, those are the ones we have to eliminate. So if we can take a step in that direction, we will we will have uh, improved as a team.
1: How do you feel about the work you got done against the Lions in practice versus whatever is going to transpire in the game?
2: Great work. I mean, great work. Those guys, uh, you know, really good team to work with, uh, similar philosophies on how to practice, you know, tempo of practice, situational football. We were able to get two-minute drills in red area and third down and backed up and all kinds of different things done. So it was uh, it was a good couple of days, no doubt.
1: And we talk about this every year, but winning, actually winning the game in the preseason and the value of that. Yeah,
2: I think so. I think, you, I think it's important every time you go out there to try to win, do the best you can to win. Look, is it the AFC Championship game? No, it's not. But, it's, but it's, a, it's a game, and it's important to go out there, and it's a home game. And I think that's what we talked to our players this morning about. You know, this is our first home game in front of our fans. Let's go out there and play well, and let's go win the game.
1: Did you get a lot of juice from the fans at practice this week? We did.
2: The fans the fans here, like I've said, you know you've heard me say it a million times. The fans are awesome. I mean they love the Texans. Uh, it's a football city and uh, we're doing our level best to, to give them a, a real a real winner. So uh, having those those fans at practice it was awesome.
1: Facing Matthew Stafford and his arm, the value of that, because we all know what's coming in the early part of the yeah. schedule.
2: Yeah, it was really good. You know, we saw Rodgers last week, and then now this week we see Matt Stafford. You're talking about high-level quarterbacks that uh, really smart, have great arms, very accurate, uh, really command their offense. Uh, it was good. He's a, he's, a, he's a hell of a player. I've admired him from afar from, for a long time. We played against him once here. Uh, you know, a couple years ago, and a uh, tough, tough guy, very competitive guy, and uh, it's been good to go against him.
1: Coach, thanks a lot. Good luck. Thanks, Vandy. I've said this
0: a million times, and you guys have heard it. You know it too. Preseason result doesn't mean anything. You want to keep guys healthy. You want to see progress from your young guys, and I think that's a big key is the progress of the young guys in this game. Titus Howard, Max Sharping, Lonnie Johnson. How do they progress from week one to week two? And I say week, not so much game, but week because they had two practices against Packers and a game, two practices against Lions and a game. How do they settle in and do they settle in a little earlier than they did maybe in the first game when all the nerves and all that kind of bubbling up inside of them? It's the first NFL action like, oh, my gosh, I'm an NFL player. I mean, they've got a lot going on, especially for Max playing in front of his home crowd, his home fans, where he's from in Green Bay. Now he's going to be playing in front of his new home fans, the Texans fans. And that's going to be pretty cool. The result doesn't matter all that much, but cut down on the penalties, cut down on the turnovers. And those two things, if you come out of the game healthy, you see some progress from your young guys, you cut down on the turnovers, and you cut down on the penalties. And and I say that from this standpoint. During the the week, the two practices – The Texans did have a rash of procedure penalties and offsides in particular. Met about three or four of them. And, look, I get it. It's excitement. It's exciting to see a team you just wanted to get off the ball. But that's got got to be cleaned up. And that will come. But you want to see the operation run smoothly. And you've now had a full week of practice with Joe Webb as the number two quarterback. The twos have gotten used to his cadence. They've gotten used to him. So I think that will help matters a little bit. It's not, I don't want to say brand new, kind of like it was in Green Bay, but A.J. got hurt the last drill of the last day of practice. So they really didn't have a lot of time to work together. So now they've had some time to work together, so hopefully they'll work the kinks out. But some of those penalties, let's let's kind of get those under control. And there are going to be penalties in a preseason game, don't get me wrong, but you don't want it to be operation penalties, delay games, procedures, those sort of things that, just you—you you absolutely can control. Like a holding here, or there, yeah, that's gonna happen. Like a physical penalty, DPI, OPI, that's gonna happen. But the procedure penalties, the delay games, the offsides, those discipline type penalties, those got to be eliminated. And I hopefully that will that will happen. But the juice, the energy that they played with this week against the Lions, that's got to be there on Saturday night. Now, a guy that brings juice every time he is on the field, and he will get a lot of snaps, I would imagine with the ones on defense, depending on how the reps go and who's playing and who isn't. It's Dylan Cole, and Drew Dory caught up with him yesterday. Thank you so much. We've got linebacker Dylan Cole with us. And Dylan,
3: let's talk about the week that was with the Detroit Lions before we talk about the game tonight. What do you think you guys accomplished going against another offense again another week in a row?
4: Um, I think uh, we we got – To see some different looks Uh, I know defensively We got to see A a few different plays Especially uh, Coming from Green Bay It's just a whole Different scheme So it's just nice To see different plays And and different people Just different competition It's, it's, It's always nice To get various looks
3: Yeah you say nice How refreshing is it Because you're able To learn quite a bit Aren't you
4: yeah, no question. I think we're used to going against our offense. We kind of know what what to expect, so it's nice to see different looks. We're not even prepared for what what they have, so it's really it comes down to fundamentals, technique, and alignment and assignment. If you don't know what to do, if you have good fundamentals and technique, uh, you can you can still win the play.
3: The goal in a game always keep the other team from scoring. What about personally? What are you working on in a preseason game? though?
4: Like I said, uh, just technique uh, and my fundamentals. I, I have a good feeling, kind of what they're going to do uh, in the game, but. At the end of the day, I just have to have sound fundamentals and, uh, and good technique. What are you doing
3: off the field to get smarter as a football player? How do you work on that?
4: just lots of film i watch different players throughout the league different special teams players different linebackers uh, depends on what i'm watching but i just try to master my crafty whoever's doing it right kind of see what i like how they're doing and then uh, pick after them and then watch my own film see out what i like and what i don't like and uh, continue to push on the things that i'd like and then improve on the things i don't like
3: how's this defense meshing? front seven back end what do you what have you seen so far
4: yeah, we got a lot of different pieces. I think, you know, a few people go down and uh, other people step up. So it's, it's nice to see that how much depth we have and then also just how uh, the different people and different pieces uh, fit together. And I think we're really starting to mesh. I know it's a
3: preseason game, but going to be good to be in front of that NRG Stadium crowd?
4: Yeah, no question. Uh, you know, Houston's the best best, best crowd in the world. And so uh, preseason or not, I know they're going to be loud, and, uh, and I'm, I'm really excited.
0: All right, Dylan Cole, thank you so much
3: for the time. Best of luck tonight. Appreciate it.
0: Dylan had a great game against Green Bay. He wasn't there for a lot of snaps. He started because uh, I don't believe Zach. Zach didn't play, so he started next to Mac, and they didn't play much together. Look, Dylan Cole, for a guy that maybe won't start every game this year, is as important as a, a 12th or 13th man on this defense could be. He's going to see time on the field in sub-package. He's going to see time on the field. Uh, to spell both Zach and B Mac, and I would imagine there are going to be times where they just want to have Dylan Cole on the field. They're going to need his speed. They're going to need him to cover backside of the backfield. They're going to need him to play against teams that run a little zone read because of that speed. He told me that he ran a four three eight on official. unofficial. Now, nobody has said they agree with that. They're like, no, no, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. That's kind of been... What I've heard when I've done the forty with people, and in fact, you'll hear it from Peter Callumby here after a little while, what he thought about that. But Dylan can run, and you saw that in the practices this week. But one of the things about Dylan is he's so smart; he knows where the ball is going. He reads eyes, he reads formations, he understands the game at a different level than a lot of guys do. So I'm excited to see what Dylan Cole is able to bring. On Saturday night, I imagine we'll see him for a little bit. But to have him healthy for a full 16 games, I that's what I can't wait for. Because if you got got Mac Zach, and Dylan Cole healthy, there's a lot you can do with that linebacking core. A lot of different movements, a lot of different scheme stuff you can do. Personal groupings you can have on the defensive side of the ball. So excited to see what Dylan Cole brings on Saturday amongst others. So there you go. A little Bill O'Brien and a little Dylan Cole for you. Now... Let's keep it with the players as we go to our next segment. You're going to hear from John Weeks, snapper extraordinaire. You're going to hear from slot receiver and punt returner, a guy who had, I thought, a couple of really good practices, DeAndre Carter. And you're also here from Peter Calambayi. All three of them next right here on Texans All Access. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back to Friday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am John Harris, football analyst and silent reporter. Glad you are with me On game day eve, your Houston Texans versus the Detroit Lions. Tomorrow night, 7 o'clock kick. You can watch on KTRK, Kevin Cougar, Spencer Tillman, and my man Drew Dory down on the sidelines. I will make an appearance in the third quarter talking about this team. And then I believe I'm going to. I'm pretty sure, so keep an eye out for that. And then on radio, you can listen to Mark Andre and myself. Sixth year, the three of us have been together. Eighteenth year for those two. Glad they let me crash the party back in 2014. But it'll be a fun one at NRG Stadium. A lot of stuff that's new. We had our What's New at NRG Stadium yesterday. And, oh, man. Oh, man. Food? Okay, listen. BB's going to be in the stadium this year. And they had a bacon wrap chicken skewer, a little bit of uh, jalapeno on the inside. was fantastic. It is. It was so good. They had a shrimp po' boy, and both were good. But the chicken skewer, amazing. They've got, and I don't know where this is going to be, but you got to find them, curds and cakes. The curds are Wisconsin cheese curds fried, and they had a regular fried, and they had a jalapeno fried cheese curd. Jalapeno fried cheese curds changed my life. Changed my life. It was unbelievable. I had strawberry peach uh, tea that was amazing. Killen's Frito Pie. Holy cow. I saw one of the servers walking across with a cast iron skillet, like a big cast iron skillet that was filled with the Frito pie. And I almost tackled him and took it with me. It was so, it was amazing. Bacon sausage dog. Dish Society has got shrimp and grits. Uh, I know there's, there are things that I'm missing, but I'm telling you, it was phenomenal food. Phenomenal. Oh, uh... Who was that? There was, a, there was like a sampler platter from Gringos. Oh, man. I'm telling you, you guys are going to eat well. And if I saw correctly, there are going to be different deals that you can get, popcorn and Coke for like 5 bucks. I mean, what's I, I love going to that event because I don't get any of that down on the sidelines, man. It kind of stinks. And then Mark and Andre come up like, oh, man, did you have that buffet at lunch? Oh, it was so good. They do that everywhere we go. And I'm down on the sidelines going, yeah, my kind bar was fantastic at halftime. So there you go. All right, let's hear from some of the guys. Let's start with long snapper extraordinaire, John Weeks, who went one-on-one with the voice of the Texans, Mark Vandermeer.
1: The longest tenured Texan. What does that mean to you? Man, that means a lot to me, you know, especially
5: for someone in my position. Um, You know, I think think, uh, when you think of a long snapper, if you can think of uh, someone who's reliable, that's... The, the best compliment you can have so to be able to be here for 10 years with a great organization i'm very blessed and i've enjoyed every minute of it
1: if i tell young john weeks coming out of baylor that he's going to be the longest tenured player in this organization going into the 2019 season what's young young john weeks saying he's he's probably speechless to be honest with you i um, probably very grateful
5: again for the opportunity to even come out here and, and do what he loves to do and um you know, it's something I definitely I don't take any days for granted. Um, I know I, how blessed I am to be out here doing it with all these guys, and, and I've enjoyed every second.
1: We have documented your off-season workout routine from time to time. Has it changed? Have you adjusted it as the years go on? I,
5: I'm always looking to make adjustments. I'm always looking to fine-tune everything. You know, as I get older, i got to stay up with all the young guys. So I do whatever I can to make sure I'm in the best shape possible when I show up.
1: So it does. It changes. It adjusts. It's a revolving door. I'm open for anything new. So if people got ideas, let me know. What about special teams practice? How has that changed with Brad Seely Coming in last year, the improvements, and now this year, year two under his regime in that department.
5: Yeah. I mean, Coach Seely's done an amazing job with with the units and uh, with, with the coaching and and uh, I think it's shown on the field, and I think uh, the other aspect of it is that guys have really bought into special teams the last couple years and, and bought into just how important it was, and, and it's really showing up out there, and I think it's going to be a, a strength for this team.
1: Can you oversnap? Are you on some sort of count during <laughs> practice? You don't want to overdo it? No, I'm serious, because it is a skill, and you don't want to overdo it. You
5: know what? I'm very blessed that the guy that taught me how to do it made me snap a lot of balls early in my lifetime. So um, I don't think I can oversnap. I know I'll snap a lot of footballs,
1: but I don't think I can over-snap. Mark, how do you like making a tackle? I mean, is that like something extra special, a little icing on the cake for you when you get to do that? Absolutely. I love I love
5: getting out there and mixing it up with the guys and showing them I'm willing to stick my head in there and, and do what nice I can to help the team. So, uh, you know, anytime a, uh, a tackle presents itself, I try to take advantage of it and just do what I can.
1: So Matt Prater just came up and said, face of the franchise. <laughs> He's one to talk. Face of the franchise forever, Matt Prater. All right, John, thanks a lot. Good luck this
5: year. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it, my guy.
0: Love having Weeksy on our air. He's such a good dude. Such a great interview as well. It's good to have him on. All right, stay with sort of a special teams angle here. Punt returner, kickoff returner, slot receiver, who I thought had a couple of really good days, DeAndre Carter. It's a one-on-one interview. It's a deep-slant interview presented by Xfinity from DP City. DeAndre Carter and DPC to go one-on-one.
6: Deep Slant one one presented by Xfinity. Joining us today, DeAndre Carter. DeAndre, I feel like today, every time I heard cheering, you're up there making a tremendous catch. How does it feel to be back? You missed, obviously, a little bit of camp early on, but now you're back.
7: Yeah, feels good to be back out there. Uh, get out there working with the guys, working to get better, man, every day, improving, uh, so we can get ready for the season.
6: What's been the biggest challenge for you? You've had a week since you came off the pup. You seem like you've just... Transitioned really nicely back into the offense and into special teams, but has there been a part of it that's been challenging?
7: Yeah, yeah, just getting my timing back, uh, slowing myself down a little bit, getting into shape, obviously, getting used to this Houston heat. So uh, getting in shape. Working on my timing uh, with Deshaun and, and my route run and everything. It's probably been the most thing I've been working on.
6: You were not with the Texans in camp last year, obviously. You joined the team later on in the season from Philly. So what has camp been like for you? Have you adjusted to the heat in your time here? What's, what's the trickiest part of that for you?
7: It's been a grind. It's been a grind, but we've been getting better. Uh, we attacking it every day full, uh, full speed ahead. Uh, but for me, uh, I mean, I don't think you can really get used to this heat, but uh, you got to get out here, you got to work every day, uh, regardless of the circumstances. How
6: about on special teams? You do such a number of things on special teams. Your return game, Brad Seely, special teams coordinator, said you've got a coolness about you. Yes. So despite the heat, you're keeping it very cool. Um, how does that feel for you getting back there, now returning kicks once again?
7: Oh, it feels good. Uh, you know, it's one of my main roles uh, here on the team. Hopefully, you know, I win that job uh, for the regular season. Uh, but when you, once you've done it in a game, in the regular season a few times, uh, out here in practice, you know, he's kind of more relaxed. Uh, I wouldn't say less pressure, but uh, more relaxed. So, so I guess that's the, the coolness you see.
6: The coolness. the coolness. Yeah. And you've got a little confidence because you, you returned some kicks for this team last year. You yeah. led the team when you went back and faced your former team, the Eagles. Yeah. And then uh, you've got a, an entire offseason under your belt to sort of get used to this offense. How much has that helped you this time around?
7: A lot, a lot. You know, that time off that I had uh, really helped me in terms of just being able to sit back and study football, you know, just in, in general study defenses, coverages, uh, you know, get used to what Deshaun likes, likes to throw and how he sees different coverages, what adjustments he likes to see. So uh, that time off really helped me just being able to sit back and study, uh, get used to our offense, and see coverages.
6: How important is this preseason game for you, getting out there and getting some game reps?
7: Every game is important, preseason, regular season, playoffs. Uh, it's all important. So I'm going out there trying to put my best foot forward, put the best uh, version of myself on film, uh, help us try to help us get a win.
6: I think another important story about you is the fact that you used to be a substitute teacher. It's mm-hmm. back to school now. Yeah. Have your kids been in touch with you? Do you have any advice for kids that are heading back to school this week?
7: Yeah, I, tell you, you know, I talk to those kids you know, every once in a while, especially during the off-season. Uh, advice to kids, kids all around, all around the world. Uh, do your homework. <laughs> That's
6: great advice. You, you, do your,
7: you do your homework, you don't get to see, especially in the middle school. Uh, <laughs> but uh, do your homework, study, listen to your teachers. soak up all the knowledge you can. Knowledge is power. Uh, the more you know, the more successful you're going to be in life.
6: What was your favorite subject in school?
7: My favorite subject was English. I'm a pretty good writer, so English.
6: Maybe you can ghostwrite for us sometimes on HoustonTexans.com. Hey,
7: you know, hit me up. I can do it. I can do it, you know.
6: Good stuff. You're doing great things on the field as well. DeAndre Carter, thanks so much.
7: Thank you. Appreciate you. I'm going to start
0: nicknaming that man Teach. My wife and I are known as Coach and Teach because when we first got married, our our nephews, nieces and nephews, we were Coach and Teach because we were teachers and coaches. That separated us from everybody else. DeAndre Carter is now Teach. I love the fact that he taught in a class. I, I love that. I love that. I want to sit down with him. At one point, teacher to teacher and have that conversation. Because it is such a unique occupation. Obviously, I grew up with teachers in my family. And my wife became a teacher. My uh, mother-in-law was in education. My father-in-law was in education for a long time. So that teaching thing runs deep in my blood. And I think DeAndre Carter would be a fantastic, fantastic teacher. But he's got a lot of NFL ball left to play with a big one on Saturday night. Now, I presented this question to Justin Reed a few days ago. And I told him, I said, the Stanford guys, the four of y'all, are in an escape room. Who leads you out? Now, his answer was, well, you'll find out. I asked that same question to Peter Calambayi, and I gave him the answer that Justin gave me, and I gave him the opportunity to answer what he thought. Here's Peter Kalambaye going 40 yards with me. Day number 15 at training camp or it feels like about 100. I got my man PK, Peter Kalambaye with me. Peter, what's going on, man? How we doing? How you doing, doing? you doing all right? I'm doing great, I'm okay. doing great. Okay, we start off every 40 the same way. Don't take it personal because I know this is going to be a pretty good number. What was your fastest 40 time ever?
8: Um, I ran a 4-4 four, four on my hand clock from my high school coach. Ooh! At the combine I ran a 4-5. Okay, four, five, so Dylan Cole told us that he ran a
0: 4-3-8 unofficial. True or false?
8: I'm going to say false. I think he might have ran a 4-4-0. <laughs> 4-3-8's a little
0: got fast. 4 though. Ooh, I don't know. Inside versus outside. You are asked to do a lot of different things, and you've played both. I saw you at Stanford play a lot of different spots, playing here a lot of different spots. What's the difference in inside and outside? What's the biggest difference for
8: you? You know, outside linebacker is more like you have a guy right in front of you and you got to set the edge on him or just play what you see right in front of you. Inside linebacker, you're off the ball, so you got to see the whole picture. You got to see the formation. You got to see the receivers, the front, uh, the running backs, the quarterbacks. So it's it's a lot more. Your vision is expanded. Your peripheral vision matters a lot more. So those are the biggest differences.
0: Scarlett, Batamosi, Reed, and Kalambayi are in an escape room. Who's the one guy to lead them out? To lead us out,
8: Scarlett. Scarlett's going to come up with a plan, and it's going to work. Justin said it was him and said there was no doubt. No, it's definitely Scarlett. I love <laughs> Justin, but Justin will bring the energy. Yeah, um, he'll, he'll kind of wake us up, get us going. But ultimately, Scarlett's the, the man with the plan. All right, who's the one linebacker, inside, outside, that not matter, the one linebacker most likely to get fined? Find B-Mac, because he hits so
0: hard. <laughs> there it is, Peter Kalambayi, PK. Thanks, brother, appreciate yep. it. Four yards, Peter Kalambayi. Well, there's one vote from Kalambayi for Scarlett. I would imagine Scarlett would say Scarlett, so that's two votes. I'll have to ask Batamosi. And Justin Reed thought it was him, so I think Brennan Scarlett's going to come out ahead. So I would like to see that. Maybe we maybe we put that together. Maybe we put the four Stanford guys in the escape room next off season and see who leads them out. Let them let them fight over it. But Peter did give props to his boy Justin Reed, um, who left practice on uh, Thursday a little banged up. So hopefully he's going to be okay. Uh, But that guy is hugely important uh, to this defense, no doubt. And Peter Kalambayi is as well. A guy that can play inside, can play outside. He's going to have a huge showcase on Saturday night. Probably get a ton of reps on both special teams and an inside linebacker. That's Peter Kalambayi, DeAndre Carter, and John Weeks. All right, we get back. What's the impact of Duke Johnson? Well, you're in the lab duo, Drew Doherty and myself, sat down and discussed what he can do for this team. We'll have that for you next right here in Texans All Access. We are ever so close to kicking off on Saturday at 7 o'clock, almost 20, or 24 hours and, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes away. We got lots for you on Saturday that you definitely have to check out. I am your host tonight, John Harris, football analyst and Silent reporter. I'll be your host on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday throughout the season. So we just got our season shows started up and going. And on Friday, uh, you will have me because it's Friday today. But tomorrow we'll have the pregame show. You'll hear the pregame show starting at 4 o'clock, Rick Kamla and Seth Payne. Then you will have the postgame show following the game with Sean Pendergast and Clint Sterner. I believe I will make an appearance. When we have home games, usually I pop on. It's, it's our studio, so they just invite me into my own studio, and I pop on for a segment. We talk about the game, so hopefully I will do that as well. You've got uh, all kinds of things happening uh, you got KTRK that's got gonna have extra points later that night. you have the game with Mark, Andre, and myself to listen to on Sports Radio 610. We've got a pregame show, Texas Unlimited, that you gotta check out. Go to HoustonTexas.com. Got a Facebook live show. You can get your questions in. That'll be DP Sidhu, Drew Dory will pop off for a little bit. Then I come on to answer pretty much everybody's questions. So game day, we have you covered. Covered. From beginning to end. With great stuff. Looking forward to it. And going to have a good time on Saturday. And hopefully Texas will come out with a win. Mainly, let's get some things cleaned up. Let's get the turnovers taken care of. Let's make sure the procedure and offsides penalties don't hamper what has been a pretty good week thus far. And if you get a W, great. Let's get out of there with everybody healthy. And out of the first couple weeks of the preseason, doing okay and get ready for Dallas next Saturday. And then that gets you into week four. And then before you know it, snap your fingers, and you're in the game week of the Saints, and then you're there Monday night against the New Orleans Saints to start the season. So it'll go that quickly, kind of, but I'm just glad that we're playing a preseason game home to be in front of the home fans, and it's going to be fun. Hopefully you guys will check out all that we have to offer on radio, on TV, on the Internet, on our social media packages. Whatever it is that you need, we've got it for you. Now, the Texans last week at this time made it official that they traded for Duke Johnson. Now, we will not see Duke Johnson on Saturday against the Detroit Lions, but hopefully that is coming. And when it does, it can be pretty exciting. Drew Doherty and I sat down with our In the Lab podcast and broke down why it's exciting, what we can expect to see from Duke Johnson. But first, well, a note about being in Green Bay. Let's do an extra day.
3: Let's get an extra day of work in. Let's stay in this weather because we're here. We're going to talk about Duke in just a second. But the one of the the clearest, most accurate things I've heard in my time here with the Texans came from Brandon Dunn last week, mm-hmm. and I was asking him just a just a simple question, like, "Hey, how do you uh, how do you cool off after a hot Texans practice in Houston?" Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Man, it's great up here in Green Bay. It's you know, I don't have to do this, but in Houston, you just basically have to get." 15 minutes to get your life back together. Yeah. I was like, what? What do you mean? He's like, well, after you shower, you you just got to cool off, get in your locker, just stop and just get your life back together and think about, he's like, think about what you did in practice, think about your your life in general, but it's just so hot and so mercilessly hot that it wears on you and you got to get your life back together. And so I've thought about that every single day since after a practice. It's been about a week now since I interviewed him, and I was like, golly, the, he really, he really nailed on. it. Because we're out there in a golf shirt, you know, it's dry fit, and some shorts. And we go inside from time to time to go to the, use the restroom, get some water, and cool off, get out of the heat. Those guys are in pads, helmets, doing physically demanding work, and I can't imagine. you know. Uh, and i, I got to get my life back together. I can't imagine them getting their life back together. Well, I
0: know over the weekend, the, week, the weekend is what really hit me when we got back. Because Friday was a long day for us. I mean, we had we had extra points Thursday night late. Mm-hmm. I don't think we got back to the hotel till like twelve fifteen, twelve thirty. And then I, I you stayed up to right. I stayed up to right. So we were probably up to like one forty 140 or one forty five or two. And then we took off out of Green Bay at four forty five in the morning. Yeah. So and then it was just kind of planes, trains, automobiles that day. And then drove you know, to so, Milwaukee. So we got in home. like noon. I had to come here. And did, I had texted Mark, and I was like, usually Friday's my day. I so said, look. I, I'm, let's do the show together because I'm, I'm gassed. Yeah. And so we did the show Friday, but I felt that Saturday and Sunday was kind of the same thing. We were outside, and the fans were there both Saturday and Sunday. And so when I got done with practice, I just walked in, and I just I sat in my chair just like, I mean like okay. I gotta just I literally just you just have to sit there because it's so oppressively hot. But uh it was a really fun experience in Green Bay. I love being down on the sidelines with you, man. It was a really fun segment we it was did cool. on TV. So it was a really good time in Green Bay and I'm I'm with you. I hope we do that again.
3: We are gonna do the sideline thing this weekend, yep. and in the third game, and in the fourth game. It's gonna be fun. Uh I think we're gonna stick it with the offense this week. Yeah. So be prepared to do that. I know you will be. And thank you for doing that. It's fun. It's kinda like a a pared-down version of this in the lab. Yes, you're exactly right. But let's move on. Duke Johnson was acquired, and he was acquired on game day last week. We didn't really get a chance, you and I, to talk too, too much about him. We've talked offline about him, but not on the air. And basically, a few things have stood out to me hearing Bill O'Brien chit-chat about Duke Johnson. Mm -hmm. He was very clear in his first meeting with the media where he could actually talk about it after the Yeah deal became official. He's very clear to say he's a first down, second down, and third down back. Right. is a complete running back. Agreed. Because he's been viewed as a third down back in his career. He's caught the ball very well out of the backfield. Right. He's basically the best at that in the NFL over the last five, six years. But it was very telling, I thought, that O'Brien said those things about him. And then he also acknowledged, yeah, he's good at catching the football. Yeah. But ultimately, it's one more weapon – around Deshaun Watson. And for the last two years, we've been hearing two main things. Basically, sword and shield. Give Deshaun w- Watson weapons mm-hmm. and protect him. Yeah. You know, sword and shield. Right. You definitely got the sword part down, and you're working on the shield part, trying to improve that. But I really love this addition to things because now you've got a, a soup of guys behind Lamar Miller and behind Duke Johnson duking it out for that third spot. Maybe the a fourth spot, too. But... I'm a big fan of this and I think another dimension another pass catcher that can do things with the ball gonna help this offense out, gonna help Deshaun Watson out
0: I like your uh, sword and shield comparison I mean I think that's, that's pretty much dead on you talk about handing Deshaun weapons and getting, giving him ups. I mean look he's the ultimate weapon at quarterback but mm-hmm. if you if you protect him but then you give him opportunities you know guys with some twitch I mean we talked, opportunities help with the protection right and we talked about that after the Colts game uh last year in particular, you know, Kiki QT went out. Kiki QT had been out and DeAndre Carter got hurt in that game. I think he ended up with a concussion in that game. So at one point you had Demarius Thomas, Joe Webb and DeAndre Hopkins as your three wide receivers. The one thing you didn't have you had me Twitch, which yep. you wonder, okay, well what's what's Twitch? Well, think about how quick Kiki QT gets in and out of his routes. I mean the quicker you get out of your route and the quicker you are, the opportunity you have. The opportunity Deshaun has to get the ball out of his hands, and Deshaun didn't have that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now those guys are three big physical receivers, and if you would have had the 1976 Oakland Raiders law offensive line in front, that could protect Deshaun for <laughs> 10, 12 seconds, then those guys would have gotten open, would have caught the ball, it would have been fine. But I mean, it'd be kind of nice to bring
3: back Art Shell, Gene Upshaw, Gene Upshaw. Yeah, we do that.
0: Dalby, they're
3: the pro- primes. They'd Maybe. Be all right we we'll
0: have to think about that.
3: Maybe, and hey, while we're at it, let's add in Anthony Munoz from the mid 80s. Why not? Bruce Matthews, Munchak. late 80s. Yeah. Let's bring them all back. I'm cool. That'd
0: Anyways. be cool. 15 seconds of pass protection would be awesome. Wait, we're getting too in the lavish here. Uh, let's get back to but, Duke. But the, uh, the point being, with a guy like Duke Johnson, he's got that same twitch, just in a different form, just in a running back form. But that, I think, is it's almost like we have to create a new position nowadays. And. Duke sort of plays that position because he's got such good wide receiving. He's got good receiving skills, but the one thing I think people have they keep missing is the running back ability. And I think Bill O'Brien hammering that home, saying, "Look, this guy can be a running back." It's one of the
3: first things he said, right? So, very very first things,
0: you get a three down runner and a guy or a three down running back that can go out and catch the ball, can match up on a linebacker, and win that matchup unless that matchup is uh, Dylan Cole, then Dylan Cole can run with down the field and make a pick, as he did in rookie year when they met up. But that said, Duke's going to beat a lot of people down the field. He's going to beat a lot of people into his routes. He can run good routes as a running back, catch his ball to the backfield. And then once he's out in space, he's going to make you hes going to make you miss. He can run you over. He's got some power. He do not look like the biggest guy in the world, but he, it, that doesn't matter because if a guy runs with power and explosiveness. He packs a punch. Right, and that's what he does. So, the one thing I do think that you're going to see a lot of and i've uh, I've talked about this with Mark, and I think you and I've talked maybe off areas you might see some 20 personnel, and that's the when we talk about number of personnel, 11 personnel, 12 personnel, 20 personnel, the first number is the number of running backs, and the second is the number of tight ends, mm-hmm. because then you can do the math because it's all going to add up to five, that tells you how many receivers. So essentially, 20 personnel is two running backs, three wide receivers, yeah, and no tight ends. Now, when it's, you, and when it's that, it's it's two. Running backs. It's right. not
3: a running back and a fullback. Right. And that is as rare as it gets in this offense. And basically, with
0: this franchise, we've not seen that. Yeah. What What you can do, and I and I go back to, and I'm trying to remember the game, and it, it happened in a game last year. It's happened before, not often. It's like a unicorn sighting. But they would put out for Blue and Lamar Miller in a game at the same time, and they would they would stand in the shotgun on either side of Deshaun, mm-hmm. and. Sometimes both would pass protect. Sometimes one guy would go in on route, one guy would pass protect. They would change. Sometimes one guy would go in motion, but they would use that formation. But Alfred probably wasn't the right fit for that personnel group. It was more like having a fullback in a tailback. Mm-hmm. Now you put Duke Johnson, and Lamar Miller in there together, and now you're looking at it going, hmm. causes okay. a little bit
3: more confusion for a defense. When right, you get that
0: no, there's no question. What so, do you have to do? So I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot that you can do. I mean, I just think about the possibilities of putting them. Let's so let's say that you take you know Lamar on the right, Duke on the left, and Lamar goes in motion out to the left side. Deshaun rises up, fakes a throw out to the uh, left side to I don't know to QT as Lamar's going out to block for him. Fakes that, spins around, runs the screen with Duke Johnson the other way. I mean, there's just there are a lot of possibilities that you can have in this offense when you have a few weapons of that of that magnitude. And look, Lamar <clears throat> Lamar at two hundred and fifteen pounds, I mean, he's a stout guy. But you just if you could take some of the pounding away from him and again let him be the Maserati that he is. That we saw in fifteen yeah. when he roasted the Texans right. in He Miami. has been he has been a grinded out guy because he's had to be. Yeah. But now if you get a guy like Duke Johnson and say, okay, look, Lamar's gonna get these carries, he's gonna get these touches the pass protection is better up front. We can use Lamar in a passing game a little bit more because that's. And people say, well, he hasn't caught. the ball. Do you understand a lot of part. A lot of that is the fact that he's had to protect. Mm-hmm. And the flip side of that is he's a really good pass protector. Yeah. So you don't want to lose that. But what you'd like to be able to say is these five can protect against. Therefore, we can put Lamar Miller out in a route and he's going to win against the linebacker and nickel safety. We can put Duke Johnson out in and a route. And he's going to win against the linebacker and nickel safety and we're not going to fear for Lamar, uh, Deshaun Watson's life because he is being protected by his five guys or his tight ends. You now have just multiple combinations of things that you can do, and there's no fall-off in the explosiveness at the running back position when you right. put Duke Johnson in the game. So I think it was a good deal. I'm really excited about it. I'm glad they made the deal, and looking forward to what those two are going to be able to do in the backfield.
3: Let's wrap it up, and I'm going to wrap it up with this idea. Someone that I really respect, who's been around a while, knows quite a bit. I'm not going to give his name because I don't know that he wants us out here as being the guy that said this. But Uh he said uh, to me, he said, I could see Duke Johnson being second on this team in receptions next year behind DeAndre Hopkins. And at first I was like, what? And then I thought about it and I was like, "Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. I think the Texans would rather – See Fuller and QT have more right. catches
0: than right. Duke, right? But I could see it happen. If Duke got it. the forty catches, say he got the forty catches. Hopefully, he's not second at that point. But if he no. gets the forty catches, you know he's going to make something happen with those forty catches. Yep. So, you know, with so many different guys, I mean, the other night, fourteen different guys caught a pass and sixteen different guys were targeted, which I thought was pretty phenomenal. And obviously, you won't have that many during a game because you don't have that many sure. active, but. To have a guy like Duke Johnson that's going to be able to catch two, three balls a game, tight ends are going to catch, you know, hopefully five to seven a game, and then the rest of them end up between the three guys if they're healthy. I mean, if you'd Sean Watson, it's just find the open guy. Yeah. Find the open guy and throw it to him because that guy Use will catch and make something happen. In the words of the immortal, Bart Scott can't wait to see Duke Johnson out on this field. Won't happen Saturday, but it will happen soon enough, and he is going to be a nice piece to this offense when he is 100% healthy and rolling with Lamar Miller in that backfield amongst the other guys. And the running backs are going to be fun to watch on Saturday. I've said it for week one. i said it again. Crown Higdon, Damari Crockett, good competition brewing between the two rookies. you got Taiwan Jones still available and Josh Ferguson. And then what does Buddy Howell and Colin Gillespie bring? Gillespie made a great catch against the Lions. What does he bring when he goes in there at fullback? Running backs, to me, are very, very intriguing. And Duke Johnson hasn't even taken a snap with his team yet. So should be fun on Saturday. A lot of people to thank. Got to thank Dylan Cole, Bill O'Brien, Mark Vandermeer, Drew Doherty, DeAndre Carter, DP Sidhu, John Weeks, Peter Kalambayi, and you guys. All of you for listening. You guys are what makes this thing go. We thank you so much. We will see you at NRG tomorrow. Enjoy the game. And as always, go Texans.